Hey, here we are. I want to mention something before we get working through the text together, and that is on your, um, on your worship folder. We are um, within $21,000 of our, our being on track of our giving goal. And you know what? I say praise God how he's been meeting our needs. And I just really, I'm excited because we are within reach. We are so within reach of being able to finish this year on budget. And that almost gives like some crazy preacher a chill up and down his spine. That doesn't happen all the time, especially in today's economy. So I'm really excited that we are close. We are close. Just praying that God will help us get us over that hump as we finish out the year. You notice also right below that it says missionary Christmas giving. I don't know if you know what that is, but that's a special time that we give financially to send a Christmas gift to our missionaries. And we're just below 1,500. Now, just so that we know, I know there's a number of things that we're giving to, including the Emmanuel's Child gift thing that we that we just mentioned, a purchasing a star. Um, I believe last year we gave close to $5,000 for a total gift, which allowed us to give more substantially to our missionaries. So if God lays it on your heart, this is our last week. I'm not going to mention anything more about it. If God lays it on your heart, if we give something special to these um, missionaries of ours, I believe that there are envelopes in the back, or you can go online and specially note it or put something in the offering and specially note it next week or bring it into the office during the week, missionary gift, and that's what it'll go to. But this is the last week that we're going to do that. Speaking of gifts, I got a gift today. This makes me nervous. It's an anonymous gift to pastor. Welcome to Michigan. Pastor Conover. Detroit Lions. <laughs> Interesting, it was bought at Goodwill. For, no, and there's even a, a T-shirt in here. I have not looked at this. Obviously, they're running a special this year. So whoever that anonymous person is, deacons, if you find out, let me know, okay? I've got a couple gifts. I'd love to get them for this coming up year. Hey, a lot of crazy things happen at church. A lot of crazy things happen at church. Sometimes I'd like to write a book about it. I'll tell you one, um, when I was growing up, we were in this, our church was a it was actually a mobile home. And they, they opened the whole thing up. So it's just this wide rectangular box that we originally met in. And we could squeeze maybe about 80 people in there. And who came to church with us, I grew up um, in upstate New York and my mom brought up her, her aunt, my great aunt Ida Mae. And she was in her late 80s when she was with us she lived with us for a number of years and we went to church together and we sat maybe about eight, 10 rows from the front, about a third of the way back. And, um, and my Aunt Ida May, she would speak her mind without any problem. She'd let you know what she was thinking, what she was feeling. 
But the worst thing in all of it is she was extremely hard of hearing. And so when she spoke her mind, not only did you know who she was telling directly, everyone around got to find out exactly what Anne Idemey was thinking and feeling. So I remember one time the pastor was up there and on a rare occasion that you never see here, he was preaching over. Thank you for not even laughing because it's not true. He was preaching overtime, and my Aunt Idame was pretty much getting done with this. Her, you know, the preacher wasn't done. She was done. And she leaned over to my mom sitting on her right, and she said in her nice outdoor voice, when's he ever going to finish? And everyone heard it including the pastor. And he actually stopped the service right there. And he said, Ida May, I'll be done in just a moment. And then he picked back up. I'll tell you another one. Oh, God bless Aunt Ida May. There was this woman that sat in front of us and uh, she had the brightest, brightest red hair in the world. You've never seen red as bright as this. I, I swear, she either plugged it in at night or ran on batteries. It was, as a 10-year-old kid in church, you know, distracted, not listening, I would look at her hair and imagine it being like Moses' burning bush, you know, or something. <laughs> and I remember, and, and then besides that, and I even hesitate to say it, but she, she was big. Back in that day, you know, we would be polite, we'd say you know, big boned. If you ever remember hearing big, I, this isn't bone here, folks. So let me just fill you in on that. I've never seen a chubby skeleton. You know, it's just it's not happened. And I remember she was she was sitting in front of us every week, week after week. And there she was. And one week, she wasn't there. And for some reason, she was sitting directly behind us. And then Anne Idame. Oh, God bless the lady. She turns to my mom and says, where's the fat lady with the bright red hair? Oh, my. And thankfully, this lady was so kind, she leaned forward and tapped Aunt Ida May and said, I'm sitting behind you today, Ida May. And of course, as a teen, we just kind of slink in our chair like, oh, no. Now, follow me for a moment. We're going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 18, and you're going to find out where we're going with this. There's a, there's a section of scripture here. I'm sorry, Matthew 11. Matthew 11. There's a section of scripture here that is one of the most classic and cherished statements of Jesus Christ throughout all of scripture. And here's what he says. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, I don't know all of where we are today. I would dare say many of us, many of us carry burdens today. Some of us, although we got an extra hour of sleep, are weary. Some of us need help, we need comfort, we need hope. 
And Jesus says to all of those people, if that's you, come to me, I will give you, what is that word? Isn't that an awesome word? Haven't you said that sometimes? Man, I could use some rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He says something about himself. I'm gentle. I'm not going to deal harshly with you. I'm humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls because they've been looking everywhere else. But they're going to find it in him. And he says, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. So here Jesus makes this great statement of rest for people. He's a rest giver. And the way I look at it, if we're to be like Jesus, and he's a rest giver, we also should be rest givers to others. Here's my last saying I to me story. And this one really isn't funny. We're in this trailer of a church. And in the back, stepped in this woman. Now realize this is 35 years ago. And 35 years ago, we're all dressed up to the nine. You know, everyone is decked out. Everyone is beautiful. Everyone's got their thing. And this woman walks in the back of our mobile home church. And she begins to walk up the aisle. And all she had on at that day was jeans and a t-shirt. And it was obvious, you look at her, and she was weary. She was burdened. Life had beat her black and blue, and I have no idea what she was weighed down with, but she was weighed down, I will tell you that. And she walked in, and as she's walking down the aisle, and she gets past our row. My Aunt Ida May sees her and turns to my mom and says, what's she doing here? And truthfully, I can't be too hard on Ida Mae. She only said what the rest of us were thinking in our head. And that woman walked in and sadly, probably she was thinking the same thing at that point. What am I doing here? And she left and we never saw her again. And so we step into this passage of scripture here this morning Since Jesus gives us rest, come unto me. We are to be like him, and it only makes sense that we are to be rest givers to others. And this woman that came into that church that day, she was looking for answers. She was looking for rest. She was looking for hope. And the only answer that she got that day was, this place is not for me. It's for people like us. It's not for people like you. And we, friends, are to be individuals that take burdens off of people. Like Jesus, we are here to lighten their load. We are here to focus on what matters most 
and we focus on Jesus and we focus on them and we don't focus on us. We are not concerned with our needs or our wants. We are concerned with them and their wants. We, like Jesus, are to be rest givers, not rest takers. So you have your study guide on the back of your worship bulletin. Make sure you have that. We are going to work through this together. And I want you to see today in our discussion three realities of rest givers. We are to be rest givers. Here's three realities of rest givers. How about you stand with me? I'm going to read this passage of scripture. You can follow along. I want you to see a very special connective phrase that is going to light this passage up like a Christmas tree here for us this morning. If you will notice those first three verses that I read to you, verses 28 through 30 of chapter 11, just follow along. I want you to see this, and you're going to put the pieces to the puzzle long before I get them. You'll put them together in your mind. Notice what Jesus says again, verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How about we read the rest of this little section together? You see the words on your screen, starting with take my yoke. Let's read it together. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. Now let me show you the connective phrase. Look at chapter 12, verse 1. Look at this. At that time. That's the connective phrase. At the very time Jesus spoke that, this is what happened. And it's to help us amplify what he's really talking about. I'm going to read chapter 12 here. So at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. And he answered, haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God. He and his, he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law <coughs> that the priests on the Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? And I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Connected again. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue. And a man with a shriveled hand was there, looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Okay, have a seat. We got some work to do. <clears throat> and I got to finish on time, because I have the feeling some of you may pull an A and I to me on me this morning. 
Three realities of rest givers. Three realities of rest givers. Now, first, consider the context. I mentioned Jesus just said to these guys, everyone who is weary and burdened, come to me. I can help you. You'll feel better. I'll take a load off. I'm not going to add to your weights. Right on the heels of that, understanding these people were considered poor, beggars, cripples. <coughs> they were called sinners. They were called tax collectors, thieves. There were some prostitutes. Whomever they were, Jesus said, come on. I want you. I can help you. To these people, Jesus gave this invitation to step away from their sin, step away from the burdens of life. He wasn't going to shackle them with unnecessary burdens. And different than him, there were these Pharisees that did have extra stipulations they wanted to lay on them. Right on the heels is chapter 12 at that time. And here's the first reality of rest givers I want to give to you. You're going to see exactly how the text draws it out. Rest givers see the difference between God's laws and man's laws. Rest givers see the difference between God's laws, what's in Scripture, and man's laws, what we have erected. Now notice it is at that time, right on the heels of I will give you rest, it was on the Sabbath, which is actually Saturday, their day of rest. Now I want you to understand, in the, in the um, Old Testament, in the Ten Commandments, there is a command that we should remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy Interestingly enough, that's the only one of the Ten Commandments not reiterated in the New Testament. And so they, the, the, the text says, you know what, on the Sabbath, make it different than the other days. Don't do everything that you would do. Take the time to remember God. However, the Pharisees took that one commandment and they made, you ready for this? They made 39 categories of laws from that one commandment. Not 39 laws, folks, 39 categories of laws from remember the Sabbath. And one of those categories of laws was harvesting. And they said, you know what? If you're going through a field on the Sabbath and you go over to a head of wheat and you pop it off, that's work. And you cannot do that. Now, I think you already know. Guess who made up that law? God or man? It was man. And so when Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, here's the first group of burdened people was his disciples. The text said they were hungry. Chances are they were very hungry. This wasn't like, I need a little snack. They were hungry. They had a need. And they said, we need a little something to, to carry us by. And so they went and they grabbed the head of grain and they put it in their mouth. They started to chew on it. 
And the Pharisees about popped a gasket. What? You just worked on the Sabbath? You just disobeyed the law? And then Jesus gave him a little history lesson. And if you notice what he says here when they talked to him, he said, you know what? Don't you remember what David did? When he and his guys were hungry, they went into the temple and they ate the bread that only the priest should eat. How do you feel about that? And, and he, he threw it right in, their, right in their court. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, is this a man's law or is this a God's law thing? Are you guys heaping on these weary and burdened people your expectations or are you emphasizing God's expectations? There's five words that help us discern what God's expectations are. And it helps us decipher between what is God's law and what is man's law. And here, I'm going to give you these five words. Uh, these are not on your study guide, I don't think. Maybe they are. If they're not, I'm going to give them to you right now. No extra charge. Here they are. Five words for deciphering between God's law and man's law. Here we go. Show me chapter and verse. It's kind of what Jesus said. Oh, they can't pop heads of grain on the Sabbath? Show me chapter and verse. I had a buddy pastor of mine. He would go around to different churches and talk to them to encourage them to, to connect with the needy and those who were weary. And, and uh, he went to this one church and the pastor had actually changed the time of the offering. You ready for this? Instead of having it in the middle of the service, he put it at the end of the service. Can you believe that? That sounds like some crazy thing some new pastor would try at a church. He put it at the end. Well, there was this one couple that just about lost it. You do not have the offering at the end of the service. And so that pastor told my buddy pastor, the consultant, he said, you know what? I want you to take these people out to dinner after church today. So he did. And they went out to dinner and the people's he said, hey, how do you like your pastor? And they said, you know what? He moved the offering. From the middle of the service to the end of the service. Guess what my pastor buddy said? Because I didn't make up those five words. He said, show me chapter and verse. And it was about as quiet as it was in here. They had no idea what to say. Because when we look at people and we look at them hurting, we look at them needy, how important it is to not put additional weights on them, unnecessary weights. God has expectations for them and that's what we want for them because that's where they'll really find rest but with some of our expectations. So I put a few of them down. You know, people have addictions. That's something that's in God's law. What clothing style you wear to church, that's something in man's law. Studying the Bible, God's law. What translation you use, 
man's law. Having a church, that's God's law. The name of the church, man's law. Singing in worship, God's law. What you sing, man's law. That we give, God's law. When the offering's taken, man's law. I think you're finding the repeated theme here. That we have communion, God's law. When and how it's taken, man's law. Some of us say, I don't have a problem with man's law, God's law. Well, someone gave me this test. I'm going to give it to you, which still haunts me today. So you ready? Here we go. Just imagine two guys walk into church. Almost sounds like a joke, but it's not. Two guys walk into church. The first is dressed in a suit and tie, hair nicely combed, shoes shined. He has a lovely leather-bound KJV Bible Schofield edition. You can see the corner of his offering envelope sticking out of the edge of his shirt pocket. And he walks down and sits confidently front and center in church. And that's how you know this is fictitious because no one ever sits front and center. Second guy walks in. He has a pullover shirt, untucked. Longer shorts and sandals. His hair's down on his collar. Instead of the offering envelope, you can see the corner of his tattoo poking out under his sleeve. He has only a cell phone in his hand, not a Bible. And he slips in to sit near the back. Which one loves God more? Which one's more spiritual? If my Aunt Idame were here this morning, I think I'd know how she'd answer the question back then. She's in heaven now, so I think she may have a different answer. But rest givers see the difference between God's laws and man's laws. Rest takers rather weigh people down with man's laws and condemn them as though those are God's laws. I need to work through these things quick because I've gobbled up my time. Let me give you number two. Rest givers love people over man's laws. So here we are, still the Sabbath, and here's the kicker. The first weary and needy people were the disciples. They were hungry. So here we are on the Sabbath still. And notice verse 9 going on from that place. So they went from the field, and now they are in, notice they are in their synagogue. They are in the Jewish people's church. So here's the church of the Pharisees, where the Pharisees are the leaders. And there is another weary, needy person, a man with a shriveled hand. I am sure it is not only deformed, <coughs> excuse me, 
I'm sure it's not only deformed, I'm sure it has atrophied and there is no muscle, there is no use, it is probably a mere hook on the end of his arm. And besides the issue of non-use, I'm sure there are issues he is dealing with, not only physically, but economically. This is the type of person who could not be a carpenter, could not do exceptional work, probably in that day merely would have been begging by the side of the road. Here's a weary person in their Jewish church. And it's the Pharisees' church, and it is the Sabbath. And here, the big concern is, as they mentioned to Jesus, looking for a reason to bring charges against him, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Look at this guy. What do you feel about that, Jesus? You think you should do something about that? Is it really right? Or should we not heal on the Sabbath? Their thought is, healing is work. We shouldn't do it on the Sabbath. Now, can you imagine this, gang? Here's someone in church with a visible, physical need. And instead of saying, Jesus, look at this guy. What can we do for him? They put Jesus to the test. I dare you to do something for him. I just dare you. Notice what Jesus mentions to them. If any of you has a sheep and it falls in a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Imagine this, you're driving home from church today and you see a car on the side of the road and the hood is up and there's some people in there and the guy's working on it and you drive by and come on, we've all done it. You see him and you say, boy, should I stop? Should I not stop? And then, you know, you see, oh, they have a cell phone. I think they're probably okay. And you keep on going. But then you get about a mile from your house and somehow your puppy got out and it's running out in the road. And you go out and you go, what have you done? Notice I didn't use a cat as an illustration. You know, what have you done? And you scoop it up. This is kind of what Jesus is saying. You drive by the person and you care for the puppy. He tells the Pharisees, you see your sheep, you get it out, but you see a person with a need and you blow it off. Rest givers care about people. They care about people over man's laws. I remember seeing a church sign um, in upstate New York that I was driving by and here, I'm gonna tell you, this is a quote what was on the sign. Church sign in, in upstate New York is said in big letters, independent, fundamental, King James Version, traditional service, traditional music. And I thought when I drove by it, really? Seriously? The world drives by hurting and looking for answers and this is your welcome mat? Or is it your litmus test? I thought. Does it say, come to me, 
I'll give you rest, or if it says to say, if you don't do it like us, stay out. Rest givers love people over man's laws. Here's number three. And it's so true, rest givers are not popular with rest takers. Rest givers are not popular with rest takers. You notice after Jesus heals this guy, after he justifies the disciples being fed, the Pharisees, verse 14, while everyone else is taking care of and feeling a relief, the Pharisees are not feeling relief. And verse 14 says, the Pharisees went out, plotted how they might kill Jesus. Can you just believe that? After all of this help and all of this care, it shows that rest givers are not popular with rest takers. It's interesting that people that needed rest, needed answers, needed healing, they flocked to Jesus. The people that cared more about their preferences than those with needs, they wanted to destroy the rest giver. Rest takers didn't like Jesus at all. They didn't like that he was passionate about those who were hurting over preferences. And instead of aligning their priorities to God's, they thought it was best just to get rid of the rest giver. Now, I want to give you three takeaways as we finish up today. Three takeaways, and these are right on your notes. And, um, and I just, I've said this before, and I don't think I can say it too much. The first takeaway on your blanks there is thank you. Thank you. Let me just mention, if you love everything we do here, oh, I love the music, and I love Pastor's Jeans, and I love this little table up here, and I love the videos that we do, these words are not for you, okay? These words are for people where the music or the drums or the jeans or the table or the stools may not be your thing. But if you like things differently and yet have chosen to love people over preferences, I've got two things for you. Number one, that's hero category for me. I love that in people. And number two, that's so like Jesus. That is so like Jesus to not care about the preference and the little stuff, but to elevate others and their needs and taking a load off of them. And so in those situations, and I've said it before, and you're going to hear me say this for years on end, if that's you and you don't necessarily like everything, but you realize there are people that need to be reached today and our church needs to reach today's culture for Jesus and you sacrifice with that, I say praise God for you. I really do. And I even think it's okay to praise God together by saying thank you, God, for people that sacrifice in church. Part of the reason why we do things the way we do them here is we don't care about the 99 as much as we care about the one. And, and we'll walk away from the 99 together. We're taken care of. We're in the fold. Let's look for the one who's lost. Here's number two I want to give you. East Bay Calvary is a place of rest. East Bay Calvary is a place of rest. If you're new here, if you're searching, if you're hurting, if you're looking for answers, I just want to talk direct eyeball to eyeball with you. 
That's why we exist, people. We don't want to be a burden. We don't want to add more weights. We don't want to say, you know what, jump through these hoops. We want, to, we want to show you and introduce you to the best rest giver you will ever meet in your entire eternity is Jesus Christ, who can take a load off of your life if you give it to him. He's a rest giver. We don't want to erect more hurdles. We want to help you handle the needs that exist in your life. And all I want to say to you, if you're new here to East Bay, stick with us, man. Stick with us. Reach out to us. Ask us questions. Grab someone near you. We really want you to find rest in Jesus Christ. We care about you. We truly do. I got one more thing for you. And because I've gone over, um, Pastor Ryan, is all right if I just do this and finish up without a closing song. Is that okay? Okay. Thanks for your permission. Okay, I was going to do it. <laughs> Guess Pastor Appreciation Month is over. <laughs> Here's the last one, number three. Imagine. Imagine, folks. Just take a moment and imagine the collective impact. Imagine the impact we can have on our community who's hurting if every one of us were rest givers. If when people come around us, they feel lighter they feel that they're getting answers. They feel they've gotten love. They feel that their need has been touched. They feel like I have got to go back there because it's doing something for me. What they have is something I need. Imagine the collective impact that can happen when we all are on the same page, doing the same thing with the same emphasis that Jesus had all through his ministry. And I just say, let's commit to continuing to be rest givers like Jesus. Let's elevate Jesus and minimize man-made stuff. Let's care for people and their genuine needs. And as we do this, we will be better disciples who make more and better disciples because that's ultimately the mission that we, that we tick and live by here at East Bay Calvary, more and better disciples. Just imagine, and I want to give you one story, and I hope I can get through it. There was a time in my life I wasn't much of a rest giver. Some of it was fear, and some of it was pride, and I'll tell you one event that changed me. My family was down in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We loved to go down to the Amish country and putt around there and go to the different shops. And one of our favorite places when we go to new towns is Goodwill. Lots of kids, cheap clothes. And that's what we did. We'd go to Goodwill. And 
And we went there kind of elective. We said, hey, kids, everyone, you can just get some stuff. You know, it's all cheap. Let's just get, you want some new jeans? You want a new toy? Whatever, just go there and grab some stuff and we'll just pay for it all at the end. And I remember um, telling my kids to do that and they're running around and grabbing some different things. I remember looking over and I saw a woman who was pushing a cart and she had three kids in the cart. She's all by herself, and the only thing that was in her cart was a vacuum cleaner. And I don't know what hit me by that. I don't know why that stuck out to me, except probably that I had just told my kids, just get some fun stuff. Just fill it up. Let's just have fun. And I look over, and there's one of a necessity. And it's just her three kids and this vacuum cleaner sitting in the cart. And it just hit me and, and something came over me. And it was the weirdest thing in my life. And, and it was really as though I was so compelled that, Brian, you need to go up to that woman and you need to pay for her vacuum cleaner. And this was so unlike me. That was not something that was a part of my DNA at the time. And I remember thinking, oh my, I just can't. I just can't walk up this woman and say, hello, and I'd like to pay for your vacuum cleaner. I mean, what do I do? It felt so awkward. And, and, then, and what if she says, I don't need your money? You know, you think of all these things. I'm like, I can't, I just can't do that. And yet I couldn't get out of my head and, and everywhere I went around the store and there she was, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And then I start throwing out these fleece tests. You know, I say, you know what? If she, uh, if she goes up to the checkout before I do, then that means it's not the Lord's will for me to go and help her. And then of course, instead of going toward the front of the store, she goes to the back of the store. I'm like, oh, great, you know. And I'm pacing back and forth, and my wife looks at me, and she says, Brian, what is wrong with you? I said, I can't. God wants me to buy that woman's vacuum cleaner. My wife says, well, then do it. So I walk up to her, figure I need to do a once pass to see what the price tag is on it. And I, <laughs> and I walk, walk past it, and I'm like, um, what am I going to say? So I just walked up to her and said, ma'am, this may be the weirdest thing you've heard all day. but I really feel like God wants me to buy your vacuum cleaner for you. And in a response that I did not deserve, she said, I'm a single mom. I clean houses for a living. 
This is my only means of income. My vacuum cleaner went, and I'm using my last money to buy for this so I can go back to work tomorrow. And she said, and I just joined this Baptist church. I said, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I was in a Baptist church at the time, you know. And we celebrated somehow while we're on vacation, five hours away from home, that God began to teach me to be a rest giver. Not to throw a blind eye to those around me that need help. Not to think someone else will do it, but to just do it. Can you imagine 450 people from some little place up here in Traverse City just went nuts with being like Jesus as rest givers? Would you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. And then we will be dismissed to give rest to people some may need rest before we leave here today. Others may be during the week. But let's do it and be like Jesus. Father, would you touch us? Burn in our minds and in our hearts this phenomenal, undeniable quality of Jesus Christ that no one could ever come close to. But if we could be little rest givers like him, what you could do in our church, what you could do in our community, what you could do in our world just by us being like Jesus and setting aside our personal hopes, expectations, or preferences and focusing on the weary and the burdened and giving them rest, meeting their needs, pointing them to the best rest giver of all time, Jesus Christ. Do something special, God. Let your Holy Spirit not let go in those promptings and pushings to do your will in other people's lives. And I pray, God, that through us, with the help of your spirit, that so many other people would find rest for their souls. Use us, God. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before you scooch off, Pastor and Linda need to go to the back uh, because people need to see them, hug them, love on them. Would you go back there? God bless you for your time. Be praying for them.
as Pastor leaves tomorrow for Russia. Have a great week, gang. God bless you.